You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Without further ado, we are getting into the Word of God this morning. And if I could have you turn to the book of Psalms, Psalm chapter 1. So if you didn't know, if you haven't been with us, we ended our sermon series of This Is Reality, Our Visions, Our Values, uh, What's Important to Us, last Sunday. And so this Sunday, we begin a new sermon series here. And this summer, for June and July, we are going through the book of Psalms. We're spending the summer in the Psalms. We're calling it uh, the language of prayer. And so we're specifically going to be walking our way through the book of Psalms on eight Sundays, learning from them how it is that we should pray. So it's, it's going to be an amazing series. I'm going to intro it today, and we're going to look at Psalm chapter 1 for our very first psalm. But before I get into this series, would you join with me in praying? God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this new series that you have us in. We believe, God, that this point in time for us here as Reality Honolulu, that you desire for us to receive all that you have for us uh, when it comes to the book of Psalms and, and what it means and how we're to read it and how we're to study it and how we're to glean from it and how we are also how to pray, how to learn how to pray in a deeper, more broad sense than any of us know. And in advance, God, as we prayed at the pre-service prayer meeting, we want all that you have for us. God, we ask that you would not hold back, that we wouldn't get in the way of what you want to do in our midst. We know that each of us are in a different place and space with you, with our faith, with our prayer life. But we just say, God, we as a church want to grow in prayer. We want to grow in nearness to you, in understanding of you. And God, we, as, as we think about the next eight Sundays or so, we just say, God, we want to be more like Jesus at the end of July than we were at the beginning of June. That is our prayer. That is our hope. Um, we ask that you would do this. You'd anoint my lips to do so. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so we're here, right? The book of Psalms, our summer series. So if you did not know, the book of Psalms in our Bibles consists of 150 chapters. If you're familiar with books of the Bible, that's a lot, right? And much of those chapters are either a song or a prayer. And believe it or not, there's actually nine genres of psalms amongst those 150. There's different genres, there's different types of songs or prayers in that book. Ranging from everything from lament, right, be, having sorrow and brokenness about something you see. Also, there's psalms of comfort that were comforted by the words of the psalms and 
what they tell us about the character and the goodness of God. Also, there's songs of praise and thanksgiving. Right? Many are, are written by King David, the worship leader, and so many are songs of praise and thanksgiving unto God for who he is and what he's done. And also there's songs of, of wisdom, of the way in which we should go and the way in which we should follow God and the way in which we should not, and many more. And over the course of the next two months, what we're going to do is we're going to chronologically uh, walk through the book, hiding, highlighting one psalm per week from one of these genres to give you a little uh, buffet, so to speak, of the genres of the psalms, the differences, the different ways to pray, the different ways we can approach the Lord. And today we start with Psalm 1. Um, next week we're going to be doing Psalm 23, then Psalm 32, Psalm 42, Psalm 77, Psalm 82, Psalm 136, and the very last Sunday in July we'll be finishing off with the very last chapter, Psalm 150. Just kind of picking out eight psalms over the next eight weeks and looking at this. And our desire, and when I mean our or we, when I talk about this sermon series, is that over the last, uh, over the course of the last few months, I have asked uh, David and Abigail Elliott, uh, who teach our equip classes, teach here on Sundays, you know them, um, and Zach Dunkerton, right there, um, one of our Ohana group leaders and who actually develops all our discipleship resources every week to be a part of this sermon series planning team, to pray over, to think about what, where we should go as a church and what we should teach on Sundays and why we should do that. And um, I picked them because not only do I believe that they have an incredible heart for and grasp of God's word, but they have a huge desire for all of you to, um, to know God's word. They have shepherd's hearts, and uh, they so badly desire for all of us to grow in the knowledge of God uh, and of Christ through his word. And so after praying and talking with them for several months, we feel that um, God wants us here this season, and not only to grow in the understanding of the book of Psalms, but specifically specifically, nuanced here, is that each of us would grow in prayer. That we would use the book of Psalms and the various genres and as, as a type of guide or a blueprint that we would glean from. That, that it would allow us to direct and guide our own prayers in our own lives. That we would sit ourselves like historically back some, well, more than 2,000 years ago, uh, 3,000 years or so into this cultural setting, but that we would glean and learn from these prayers and that we would, uh, it would direct and guide our own prayer life. But here's what I, I believe is so special and unique about the Psalms, uh, the book of Psalms in its entirety, is that it, it really does give us a unique window into the human condition. Like, um, and there's a reason why when a lot of us are at our worst, like when we're in a really hard place, like you could say we're at like the dark night of our soul. That's why many of us turn to the book of Psalms. Like if we can't, if you can't sleep at night, what I would tell you, 
And if you want something to read, like read the book of Psalms. Read a couple chapters a night. Allow it to minister to you. Like there's a reason why, though, we turn to the book of Psalms when we're feeling like really broken or emotional or whatever it is, down. This is because the Psalms mostly were written by King David. And they are primarily, like I said, songs and prayers that he is directly speaking to and with God about. And these songs and prayers are very raw. They're intimate. They're revealing. They're brutally honest. They're happy. They're sad. They're joyful. They're all the above. In one way, I, I think you could say that they are, the Psalms are in one way a prayer journal of David. But it's like one of those journals you have that you don't want anyone to see. Because you're so honest. And you're just sharing how you feel. And it's not edited. And it's not pretty. There's anger, there's resentment, there's bitterness, there's highs, there's lows. I mean, this is, this is it. And it's so personal because it's so honest, but also you see there's so much dependency upon God. Like it's this incredible window into the human condition we have, but also it's this incredible blueprint of prayers in the midst of all those emotions. And our desire is that we would learn that when our own life, you and I, when our own life is happy or it's sad, it's joyful or it's super bleak, whether we're filled with peace or whether we're filled with brokenness and even when we're angry, like that we would learn how to take our emotions to God in prayer. And to know this, this is, this is also hopes, to know that emotions in and of themselves are not bad. But rather, all our emotions are indicators, right, of what is going on on a deeper level. Any emotion that we have, that we have many, we all feel them. When we feel them, there's, it's always because the, there's something deeper going on that caused that emotion, right? There's always something else. And our heart and our prayer for our church as we enter into these two months is that God would meet us at that deeper level. And I've been a pastor long enough to know that one of the things that Christians have a lot of trouble with I know this is a stereotype, but it's true. <laughs> is we really do struggle with vulnerability, with transparency, with authenticity, with being real when it comes to God and others. We say we don't. But when it comes to like the real meat, the real, the real, what's really happening in our life, we don't like to let others or God really know how we're doing. And I think as Christians, we really struggle with, we often put up a show, whether that's to save face or to show everyone around us that we're doing okay, 
right? Asked to not show, uh, you know, weakness or be embarrassed. I get it. I'm in that boat. I'm in the boat of the struggle of that. I'm not just calling out you. I'm like, I'm in the boat with you that we as Christians have trouble being completely vulnerable and authentic and real with God and one another. So my prayer is that our church, our faith family here at Reality becomes more real, more transparent with God in prayer and with others in confession. Like that just we would just be more open, more honest, less fear of judgment, more grace. <laughs> right? That it would just become this safe environment that we can just be honest and real and like, yep, not okay. And you ask me again a week later, not okay. It's okay to be not okay. But that we together would bear each other's burdens and take all those things to God in prayer. The good, the bad, the ugly, all that life has. Our hope and prayer is that we would hold our emotions in tension with the sovereignty and goodness of God. Right? To properly give both attention and not neglect another. I talk to enough people. I ask enough people, hey, how are you doing? And I understand. I'm a pastor, so you don't totally want to be honest with me. I'm doing great. I'm like, I know you're not. You know what I mean? Like, so often everyone's like, everything's good all the time. You're like, I know it's not, so just be honest about it. That's okay that it's not. Let's take it to God in prayer. Let's talk through it. Like, but I know it's not okay all the time because I know the human condition and I know all of our brokenness and I know that God wants us to meet us in that place. And so that's the heart of this series. And so what I want to do is just take a look at Psalm 1 and allow it to speak to us today. You good with that? With that? preface. Okay, awesome. Let's read it. Psalm chapter 1. I have it on the screen, but I'll be reading out of the uh, New Living Translation for this one today. And the psalmist says this, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. They prosper in all they do. But not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned by the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly. But the path of the wicked leads to destruction. So this very first psalm, this is a bit heavy, but this very first psalm of the book of Psalms is the genre of wisdom. What that means is it's giving counsel, right, to the follower of God as, the, as to the way in which we should go in relation to walking with God. And what the psalmist does here is he starts by giving a, quite a bit of a, a juxtaposition, right, of those who follow the advice of wicked, of the wicked, they stand with those who reject God, compared to those that meditate upon God's word and are filled with joy, right? He's saying, this is what happens to those that don't follow God. This is, the, this is what happens when people follow God. It's juxtaposition there. 
And the example of the one that is following God is compared to this kind of visual illustration here to a tree firmly planted on a riverbank, right, in which grows strong and tall and never withers and always prospers and bears fruit. So what the psalmist is saying here, the wisdom the psalmist is saying is that those that follow God are like a tree firmly planted on a riverbank which grows strong and tall and never withers and always prospers. I love this visual example. Um, I, I grew up in California and when uh, I was in California, as a young adult, I, I, me and my wife did youth ministry for a lot of that time. And we did a lot of summer camps on the Kings River, which is a really large river, river in central California. And this river is located kind of in the central valley of California, and it runs hundreds of miles north to south with mountain ranges on both sides. And this in California, even like if you go to Costco, a lot of the produce that you see grown in California, a lot of that produce is grown in the Central Valley alongside this river. Uh, the valley itself is super hot and super dry though. So going to summer camp like in a bus, it's like an old school bus, no AC, 60 high schoolers, the bus can only go like 40 it would take eight hours to get there. I mean, we felt the heat of the summer. This, 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 so the Kings River is located um, in this big, huge, dry valley. But the, the river itself is coming down from the Sierras. And even though it's 110 degrees on the air, it's like 50 degrees in the water. Shocker. Like, shocker. Like, it's refreshing, but too, too cold. It's, it's, it's like, milk, it's like a, a snow runoff is what it is. So where we did summer camp is you drive hundreds of miles in this dry valley, and then when you came within about a half mile of the King's River, all of a sudden, this dry land become this lush green wonderland. Like, like vast difference. And alongside the river banks looked nothing like the surrounding land, like at all. And again, why was that? It's because... All of the trees and all of this foliage was fed by the groundwater that was next to the river. Because the trees were connected to the water source, they were bearing much, much, much fruit. Derry knows this well. Derry was a youth kid in our youth camp. Now he's at YWAM Honolulu. Crazy. But anyway, he knows this place very well. The river. King's River. Anyway. To get a local comparison, if you're like, dude, I do not know you California folk. I don't even want to go there. That's fine. That's fine. We can talk about that later. But local comparison would be like if the west side, pretty dry, I'll be honest, was like the size, though, of like a couple big islands, like enormous amount of land, dry land, and then all of a sudden you just drive, you drive into like Manoa Valley. Like, the, the contrast cannot even be different. But that river back in California is the best picture of Psalm 1, like, you could ever show me. Because, again, verse 3, it says, God's people are like a tree planted on a riverbank. Because they're near and connected to that water, 
They bear fruit each season. They never wither and they always prosper in all they do. So if you can transport yourself, even though you weren't transported there, uh, here's the point of the psalm. Is that being rooted and connected to God is how we were designed. That's what's right. That's what's healthy. That's what's good. But when you and I, when humanity, right, lives a life apart from God, we're not connected to him, we're too far from him, all matter of bad things begin to happen. And just like a tree that's planted a bit too far from the riverbed, what will happen may not be right away, but eventually that tree will not make it. It won't survive. If it's too far, it will not survive. It doesn't have enough water. The same is true with you and I and God. Same is true. So here is my application for each of our lives. Life is made up of choices. How we choose to spend our time, what we prioritize, everything we do is directed by something. When we do, all of us, individually, we have the choice to do our own thing. You choose to do whatever you want. It's your life. So we can choose uh, to be like a boat with no motor or no sail and let like life circumstances direct you. You can do that. You can, you can do that. Or we can heed the word of God. We can follow God's wisdom. We can ask God for wisdom. We can ask God for direction. Right? Like just like Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed to the Father three times. God, not, Father, not, not my will, but your will be done. What is your will? What do you have for me? What do you want for me? See, again, all of life is a choice. So are we choosing to be close to and firmly planted to God and his ways, or are we not? And are, so, so because of that, are we, are we bearing fruit, or are we actually withering away? And so in, the, in that in mind, a part of this series this summer is that we want to kind of end each sermon as we start the second set of, of musical worship with kind of what we call like a form of directed prayer. And uh, so whoever the, whoever's preaching the day of would actually lead us in praying either for or in the way we just learned about. Whether that's praying to God, whether that's praying with one another, whether that's praying with one another. But we actually want to practice prayer. We want to model it. We want to grow in prayer. So we want to pray. We want to pray on Sundays. And for some of you, you may be getting uncomfortably comfortable already. You're like, oh man. This may be new. This may be challenging. But my hope, our hope, is that we would all be stretched and grow in our prayer life. So for today, again, you guys are all, I'm asking all of you to participate, so don't tune out right now or else you'll be lost. 
So right now, each of you, each of us, I want you to think about this. Here's the question I want you to think about. And I want you to answer this question. So this is a test. What is it that you are wanting wisdom for God for? What are you wanting to know from God? I, I know what, I'm, what I mean is, what is the first thing that comes to the head? What's the burning question? What's the decision you have to make? Is it about your job? Is it about a move? Family situation? Or is it that you're just feeling confused and lost and doubtful? What is it that you're like, God, God speak to me. Show me. Speak. What's, what's your wisdom? All of us have that burning question. I know we do. So what I want to do is this. During, I'm going to invite the worship team back up. And as they start playing the first and second song of worship, what I want you to do is I want you to turn to ideally one person. But I know social dynamics. I get it. If it's two or three people, that's fine. I want to make you too uncomfortable here. But I want you to turn during the first and second song of worship. And if you would be as vulnerable, if you can, maybe you'll change your answer, to share with that person what it is that you want God to show you. So confess, ask them, tell them, hey, this is what I really want to know from God. This is really what I want to hear. And then during that first or second song, after you shared what it is, that each of you would pray for one another. So say, for instance, you know, Derek said, hey, this is what I want to know from God. Then I would say, hey, thank you for sharing. I would share with him, and then I would pray for him. He would pray for me. It doesn't have to be long. It's not about the length of our words. It's not about the words we speak. Jesus has a lot to say about that. It doesn't have to be eloquent. But just ask God on behalf of that other person out loud during this first and second song. So, so yes, it's going to have a little bit of talking. We're going to turn to each other. But if you could, I would love to, in light of thinking of God giving us wisdom, God speaking to us on the way in which we should go, be, desiring to be like the tree planted and connected to the will of God. Um, are you with me? Are you down for the challenge? Okay. So I'm going to pray. Worship team's going to play uh, during the first or second song. Let's, let's share and let's pray for one another. And then during the third or fourth song, then we can kind of transition to worship and to uh, more, more of a celebratory uh, praising God for who he is. But um, let me pray for our time. God, we thank you, Lord, that... You are not a God that is far off or that does not care about our lives, but rather you are intimately, you intimately desire to know us, to speak to us, to care for us. And God, I pray just in this time of worship and of prayer right now that each of us would um, just be open and honest. What's on the top of our minds, what's on... What's, what's the thing that we want to know most from you? And I pray that you would 
help each of us to pray. Help each of us to ask you on behalf of our, whether that be our spouse or our friend or even someone new right now. We just ask that you'd give us the words to speak on their behalf and thank you that you're a God that is attentive to these prayers. This is not a, just a religious exercise. You actually are hearing these prayers and you're the, really the only one that can answer them. So we pray in advance that you would uh, bless this time, you would speak through us, and that you would uh, use this for your glory. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen.